is known unto us who brings the word back to our remembrance. Father, we're so grateful for what you have given us. You have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that we are already the healed of the Lord because you sent your word and you have healed us. You have delivered us from destruction in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So, Father, through this word on the day, you shall get the glory. You shall get all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to a very familiar passage. John 3.16. Some people say, well, I don't need to open my Bible to that. I already know that. Sometimes we know, but we don't live what we know. Amen. John 3.16. I'm reading out the Amplified Bible. John 3.16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. You may be seated. God put this word on my heart. And I tell you what, God is just so good because sometimes when we are before him and, you know, we're seeking him and we're being still and knowing that he's God, God will drop something in your spirit to let you know what he wants you to bring to the people. And first of all, I have to be the first partaker. Today, I want to teach on there is no hesitation in God. There is no hesitation in God. And I'm going to give you the definition of hesitation so we, we can be on one accord. That means the act of hesitating, a delay due to uncertainty of mind or fear, a state of doubt or uncertainty, unwillingness to do something or delay in doing it because you are uncertain, worried, or embarrassed about it. Let me read it again. The act of hesitating. A delay due to uncertainty of mind or fear. A state of doubt of or uncertainty. Unwillingness to do something or delay in doing it because you are uncertain, worried, or embarrassed about it. We know that's not God. There is no hesitation in God. There's no uncertainty. There's no doubt. There's no fear. There is none of that in God. There's no unwillingness with God. There is no delay with God. Now, God has an appointed time, but when God speak a word, it's immediately. It's already done. Everything that need to be done is already done. So as I was sitting before God, and as I sit before him, you know, I asked God different things. And God came back, and he said, there's no hesitation with me. And then he began to put it all together. And when he gave me John 3, 16, for we know the Bible said, for God so loved the world. Understand that the world was in a total mess. The world was full of evil. The world was so full of evil, so full of sin, God could not look upon the world because God hates sin. So God had to make a decision about sin, and he did, but he didn't hesitate. We were in a toe-up mess, y'all. People were murdering. People were doing all kinds of things, but God didn't hesitate to save us. I want y'all to catch that. 
There was no doubt in him. There was no uncertainty. There was no delay in him. He did not hesitate, y'all. That's just what love does. There is no hesitation in love because somebody said something you didn't like. Love don't hesitate. God love us so much that he laid down his life. He laid down his son's life on our behalf. And the Bible says, for he demonstrated, he proved his love for us while we were yet sinners. That's the key that we need to look at. We were still in sin. He didn't look at our sin. He just laid down his life. He had no hesitation when it came to us because he loved us so much. How many of us hesitate when it comes to someone you say you love? We're supposed to love each other with the love of God. We cannot love each other with our type of love. You know, the phileo love and all this, the family love, the friendship. We can't love each other with that. It have to be God's love. It have to be an unconditional love that not, it's not based on how angry I am with my husband or how angry I am with you. That determines if I can still love you. We got some tore up people in the church. Because our love is based on what somebody do for us. We wait on people to do for us before we say, oh, I love you. Do we really know what that word means? Because the type of love God has is no hesitation in it. It ain't about your feelings. It ain't about that. It's about what God has done for us. And he expects us to do it for others by leaning and depending on him and not on us. I cannot love y'all without the love of God. And if that love that God has is shed abroad in my heart through the Holy Ghost, he said, I had to give you my love in order for you to do what I have called you to do. You cannot do what I have called you to do without my love. None of us in here can do what God have called us to do without the love of God. Until we get to know his love, we will hesitate. All of us will have some hesitation, some uncertainty, some doubt, some some lingering in different areas because we are uncertain because we don't know him the way we need to know him. So God said, there is no hesitation when it comes to me. And when it comes to you because you're in me and I'm in you, it shouldn't be no hesitation in you when I ask you to do something. Oh, y'all, the Holy Ghost is in the house. We hesitate because we are in self, not because we're walking by the spirit. You walk by the spirit. You don't entertain the flesh. When you're entertaining the flesh, you will hesitate. You will hesitate to do what the word of God tell you to do because you think this is what you need to do. See, Jesus didn't deserve to die, y'all. He didn't deserve to die for a world that was so corrupt. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. We could not become righteous. We could not stand before God if it wasn't for Jesus. So when we know these things, we know it was because of the love of God that that's the reason why this happened. He said he loved us so much. That he died for us so we wouldn't be lost. So we wouldn't have to perish. If we take that one verse and meditate on that daily. When things pop up in our lives. In our marriage. With our children. On the job or wherever. That verse will come before us and say. If God loved me in my mess. Why can't I love them in their mess? 
Come on, we're holding too many things in our hearts against people that we're not rooting up by knowing the love of God. When you know the love of God, you can't hold on to past stuff. You have to make sure that stuff is dug up through the word of God. You can say, God, you love me so much. You didn't look at my past. You ain't looking at my present and you ain't looking at my future. You wiped it out. Is it going to come before us? Yes, it is. When you see that person, until you dig up that root, that person is going to look to you like an enemy. But when you dig up that root, come on, love embraces your enemy. When your enemy is is cold, you give them heat. When your enemy is down, you lift. That's the love of God. When your enemy hates you, you love them. When your enemy curse you, come on, you bless them. And they know that is God. It can't be you. It has to be God through what you've done to me. We don't come against flesh and blood. That's not what we're fighting against, y'all. We're fighting against principalities and powers and spirit of darkness and spirits of wickedness in high places. So the more we know about his love and what he did for us, we will back up off people. We will say that ain't that person. That's the spirit that's using that person to come against the God. That's, see, the enemy want to try to defeat God, but he can't because Satan has already been defeated. So the more we get into the word and the word get into us, we won't hesitate when it comes to the things of God. We hesitate when it comes to the things of God. But when it comes to the things of the world, we move in on it. Why do we move in on it so quickly? Because that's where our heart is. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. So whatever you focus on the most or whatever you set your mind to do, you ain't going to hesitate to do that. But the things that your heart ain't, you know, accepted, you're going to hesitate. If somebody asks you, can you give, um, we're we taking up money for Teresa, and can you give $10 towards Teresa? Well, let me pray on it. Well, we're going out um, to Golden City. You want to go out with us? I said, sure. Why don't you pray on that? Oh, I done hit somebody. This is the Holy Ghost, y'all. We got to pray to give our sister and brother money, but somebody asked you to go out to eat. Yeah, I go. Why didn't you just stop and say, let me pray on it and get back with you? You go. Because you want to, you call that fellowship with them, but you can't help her. That's your sister too. Oh, God is hitting something. He hitting home runs up in here today. And it ain't nothing nobody told me either. It's the Holy Ghost. See, when you fellowship with God and you get in alignment with God, it ain't something that I wrote on the paper. It's just when I open my mouth, the spirit of the living God speak through me and speak for me. And nobody didn't have to tell me nothing. That's fellowship. That's a right relationship. See, I'm in connection with him. So anytime I'm willing to stand before him and get before you, when I hear, I only speak what my father tell me to speak. Why? Because he's uprooting something that's in the room that nobody had to tell me. Come on, get in the spirit. This ain't a fleshly thing. This is a spirit thing. Don't get mad at me. Talk to Abba Father about what's coming out of me and see what he tell you. People need to get over themselves. You can't get over yourself because you don't know him. When you know him, self ain't in the picture no more, y'all. 
Come on, the spirit is moving. And he moved because whatever he called me to do, that's what I'm going to do according to him and not according to me. He called me to root it up in order to get you to the place you need to be. You got to hurt a little bit when that root want to come up. But see, when the Holy Spirit is bringing the root up, you're trying to hold it down with your stubbornness. You need to say, come on up, come on out. The word is speaking. I love it. I don't know about you. But I love it when God is doing what he need to do. God, whatever you need to do in me and through me, God, do it. Because it's not about me. I want to live that life for you, God. It ain't about competition in the house. It ain't about trying to see or, or let me let me hear what they got to say to see if that's in alignment with the scripture. You got to know when God is speaking without you trying to double think it. Know when the spirit is speaking. Know when the spirit is moving and know when your flesh is trying to get in the way. So we see that God didn't hesitate, y'all. When it came to us, he did not hesitate. He laid down his life for a sinful world. There was no hesitation. There was no delay. When it came to that, God had already settled it. This is what I'm going to do because he knew they were going to mess up in that garden. God knew. He already know when we're going to mess up even before we knew it. But God said, I'm going to let my blood take care of all your mess ups. All of your hiccups. My blood is going to come in and take care of all of it. So when it comes up upon you, you just got to remember what the blood done. And then you can back off or off of what's coming upon you. But we're not backing up because guess what? We don't know what he done. He laid down his life because he loved us so much. That's what love does. Love laid down its life for us. And God is love. So we have to know his love in order not to hesitate when it comes to the things of God. There is no hesitation with God. Go with me to 2 Peter. Chapter 3, verse 9, and let's hear what the word says with this. I love this, y'all. The word says, I'm reading out the expanded Bible, and I read out that to break it down even the more. The Lord is not slow. Did y'all hear that? The Lord is not slow or late in doing what he promised. Do y'all hear that? The Lord is not slow nor late in doing what he promised the way some people understand slowness, lateness. And it goes on to say, but God is patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, perish, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives and come to repentance. So God is really long-suffering. God is not slow because God said he is coming back. Jesus will soon return. So when we say that it's, it's Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. Can't you see the change? People are saying, well, where is he? But see what God is doing. God said, I already told you what I said I was going to do. That ain't going to change. He said, but there's, there is an appointed time. So there's no delay in God like it would be in us. So God is not, the, the reason why he's not coming, because he wants people to come to repentance. He's giving people time to come 
to him. But it's up to us, y'all, with the great commission to tell people what God has done. We're the time wasters. Because when we're out and about, we're supposed to be so open to the spirit of God that our minding on us is so much on the kingdom that we say, God, I know where I'm going. I'm going to Walmart for this purpose. But God, if there's somebody in Walmart that you want me to talk to, or is there somebody in Walmart that God, you want me to just let them know God loves you. God, let me know. Our mind's supposed to be so open with him, we're not running in and out of places just to go in and out and get what we want, but say, God, what do you want done in this place? That's even on your jobs. God don't just put you on a job just to work and get money. God puts you on that job for his kingdom to come on that job. It ain't just for you to get a paycheck. It ain't just for you. Everything you do, you're supposed to do it unto the Lord. Your mind's supposed to be on the kingdom of heaven, not dealing with the kingdom of this world. So everywhere you go, you want to make a difference. You want to bring glory unto God. So God was let us know that he's not slack concerning his promises. We can back that up in 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. Let's read that. But since you can believe God, God is trustworthy and faithful, you can believe that what we tell you is, is never both yes and no. What Paul was saying, everything that they were telling them was true. It wasn't a no. All of his promises in Christ is yes and in him is amen. He said, the son of God, Jesus Christ, and I preached to you was no yes and no, but rather in Christ, him, it has always been yes. The yes to all God's promises is in Christ. And through Christ, we say yes, amen, and meaning it is true to the glory of God. So all the promises in Christ is yes, and it is amen. Why? Because it's already written. God is not taking it back, y'all. What God has already written is yes. He's not taking it back. So we cannot change it. We cannot add to it. Whatever God says is what it is. Quit begging God to change something. He's not changing it. Because the Bible says that we know this scripture. God is not man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man. That he shall change his mind. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? And shall he not make it good? No hesitation in God. Whatever God speak is what God is going to do. You may be saying, well, God, why is it not done? God said the day I spoke it, it was done. But it sometimes is an appointed time for it to manifest. But it's already done. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In who? In Christ Jesus. So everything that need to be done is already done spiritually. But it has to manifest physically. And that's up to believing what God has already said. Understand this, y'all. When your body, when you break a bone in your body or you pull a muscle... It have to take time to heal. It have to take time to mend. That's how God created our bodies, right? But if God wanted to do a creative miracle, boom, it can happen right then. But sometimes it can take time 
to, you know, come back to its original state. So what we do in that meantime, we're trusting God. Because if you go to the doctor and you got a broke, broken bone, what's the first thing they do? They x-ray it. They see where that bone is broken. Guess what they do? They say we could have surgery and go in there and hook it back up. Or we can put a cast on it and let it come back together on its own. Right? So you spend time with that cast on it and they know how, how long it should take to come back together. So then they break the cast off and then they look to see how well it has come back together, right? So it does take time in the natural. In the supernatural, when God says, you already healed, you already healed. It's already done. But we got to take what's already done and pull it down here to the natural. And the way we do it is seeing what the word of God says. You got to see yourself healed, not just saying it. God, you say, I am the healed of the Lord. So if I am what you say I am, you begin to see in the spirit that you heal even before you see it in the natural. And once you begin to see it in the spirit, your body begin to link up with your spirit because you don't renewed your mind according to your spirit. And then the next thing you know, the pain is gone. Next thing you know, what they saw is gone. Next thing you know, you walking in what God already said. He's, come on, somebody. When you don't know how to bring it together, you hoping for something that's already done. It's like a dog that got a tail. He got a tail, but he can't grab the tail, so he going around and circles he know what he have but he just can't reach it have you seen that Jennifer y'all know when your back is itching you got to get up against the wall or call your husband or somebody to scratch y'all know them back scratches people think you're doing a pole dance in the house trying to get that that spot that's itching and you still can't get it good enough right but you know if you once you grab hold to it, it's going to stop itching. Thank you, Holy Ghost. How do you know it's going to stop itching? How do you know when somebody scratch your back, Teresa, it's going to stop itching? How do you know? You believe that. Do you not? But what if they scratch and scratch and scratch and it don't stop itching? Your first thought is saying, uh-oh. I must be allergic to something. Is any hives back there? How did you learn all that? Where did all that come from? You had to be taught from somebody to know the difference between the different itches. Is that not right? We ain't going to talk about all the itches, okay? We're going to keep that to yourself. (laughs) But the only thing I know is God don't hesitate. There's no delay in God. There's no uncertainty. There's no doubt in God. Whatever God said he was going to do, it's already done. We just have to tap into what God has already done. I'll give you an example with tapping in. When I say we don't supposed to have any uncertainty or doubt when it comes to God. In the natural, y'all know we have things that we hesitate on. But if we check with God... And we get with him, we don't have to hesitate because he's going to give us the answer. Our problem is we're so used to natural ways of doing things, we don't check in with him. So let me give you an example with me, which y'all heard this before. I went to the skating ring and um, I was skating, doing quite well. Hadn't skated in years, doing what I had to do. And I think it was my nephew, he was scared to go out and skate. 
So I said, I'll take you out there. Okay, so I'm teaching him, but guess what he's doing? He's getting me off track because of his fear. So next thing I find out, I'm down, and he over there on the side. So I'm getting up. I didn't know the fall was that hard. I couldn't even get up. I was hurting so bad with my right arm. I was hurting so bad, and some of the church members sitting over there having them a good time laughing. I'm like, Lord, can somebody see me? I can't get up. I just can't get up. I'm hurting so bad. Nobody saw me. Thinking they looking at me. So I said, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to get off the floor. So I got off the floor. Immediately, my arm swole. It, it just swelling immediately. So I'm sitting there quoting, by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Couldn't even lift it. By Jesus stripes, I'm already healed. Pain, you leave right now in the name of Jesus. How many know the pain didn't leave? So I go home, and mind you not, I had to preach the next day. So I'm up in the bed and I told my husband, you're going to have to wrap Aria's hair. I cannot wrap her hair. Oh, he was upset about that. He was wrapping. He was wrapping and it was falling. I can't wrap her hair. It keep falling. I said, oh, Lord, help me. Help me to wrap my baby hair. Help me to do something. So after we got that situated, I'm sitting there and Jolly Green Giant come in the house. Oh, Lord. So I'm sitting there with my arm on my Bible, reading my Bible. Jeremy, look, Mama. You need to go to the emergency room. Look at your arm. I said, Jeremy, mommy's fine. Oh, the pain was like boom, boom, boom. And I stopped. I said, Lord, I know that I'm in pain. And you know I'm in pain. You already know I can't move this arm. But I'm trusting you, God. So, God, show me. Tell me what you want me to do. That's what I did. When I closed my eyes, y'all, God showed me my arm. And he showed me lifting that arm as I was quoting by Jesus Christ. I'm already healed. So I'm seeing myself work my arm. Just going back and forth, working my arm. And God said, trust me, your arm is already healed. Soon as he said that, boom, 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 pain getting intense. He said, no, trust me, you already healed. No Tylenol, no medication. I'm trusting God. When I get up the next day, I had to preach, y'all. And when I was preaching, I got a video, if I can find it. My hand looked like an elephant hoof. It was swole, but I kept trusting God, kept speaking. This is the same arm. I start moving it, start wiggling it. Just get, I was seeing God had to show me myself healed before I got healed. It took a little bit of time, but it didn't take a long time. God did exactly what he showed me. I had to wait on him. I had to trust in him with all my heart, not leaning to my own understanding. And I knew it wasn't broke because I could wiggle my fingers. I could do some wiggling. So God did that thing. Guess what had to happen? I couldn't hesitate. I couldn't put a delay on God. I had to get rid of uncertainty and doubt and do exactly what God told me to do. Am I telling you to do that? No. Because if you're not in the place you need to be with God, you need to do what's best for you. That's why we have to be so much in fellowship with God. When things happen, we can clearly hear God to know what to do and how to do it. So I did as he led me to do through the help of the Holy Spirit, and I got through it. I didn't hesitate. 
So when you hesitate and you have uncertainty, it's because you're leaning on your understanding and you're not leaning according to what the word of God is saying. I went to him with the pain. I followed his instructions like the scriptures say, my son, Amanda, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life unto you, Amanda, because you have found them. And their help unto your flesh, all your flesh, Amanda. Their medicine for you. So when we pay attention to what God is saying and not paying attention to what our body is saying or what our finances is saying or what the job is saying, guess what? We can have what God says. This is why he said, I am God. Do we know that he's God? Do we know that he's really Jehovah? Do we know that he's the self-existing God? His existence is not based on man. He stands alone. He said, I am God, not man. People quote that verse, but they still depend on man. You don't know him as God then. You can quote something so well, but you can be living outside of what you quote. I am God, not man. I am God, not man. Do not get me mixed up with man because man can't do what I do, not unless they're in connection with me and I give them what I have to do what I do. So that's why we got to know. He's God. Tell your neighbor, say he's God. Say he's God, not man. Say he is God. Say, for real, he's Jehovah, the self-existing God. He's not man, that he should lie, neither the son of man, that he shall change his mind. Have he not said it to you? And shall he not do it for you? Have he not spoken it? And shall he not make it good? Because he's God, not man. Come on, he's God, not man. And if he said it, he's going to do it, and he's going to make it good. Don't wait on man. Wait on God. Because he is who he say he is. And he can do, Stacy, what he said he's going to do. It don't matter what your situation look like. God is still God. He is still God. And he's made it good. No matter what the situation is. God has already made it good. He said because what the enemy meant for your harm. God said I have already. Turned it around and made it for your good. The problem is we see the bad and see instead of seeing he's already turned it around. You may be in the storm, but you say, God, I may be in the midst of it, but you already turned it around. See, trouble don't last always. God is still God. He is still God. Come on, let's don't get it twisted. We putting him in the category of man. 
We're quoting Numbers 23, 19, but we still going to man and asking man, what you think I need to do? Why are you quoting God is not man if you go going to man? Come on, that's the difference. God is super. This is natural. God said, I want to put the super to the natural so natural know that I'm a supernatural God. We need to quit trying to take natural and make it like it's God when it's not. God is just who he say he is. And he's already done what he say he's going to do even when it looked like it ain't done. Because there is no hesitation in God. If he gave his son before you even deserved it. There's no hesitation in the promise he gave you last night. Even though it looked like it's getting seven times as hot, you still have to say you're still God. All your promises in Christ is yes and in him is amen. So you got to honor your word because you're God and not man that you should lie. And you're not going to change your mind. Whatever is written is written. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. Because he's God. So when we really know who he is, we can stand on what he says. Oh, he's God. He's God. Hallelujah. He is God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And I want y'all to go with me. I want to take you on a journey to let you know that he is God. In the book of Habakkuk, I believe some of us can relate to Habakkuk. Habakkuk. What was going on with him was Habakkuk, he was a prophet. But Habakkuk was not telling them what God was saying. Habakkuk was going to God, trying to ask God, what's going on? And the reason why he was going to God, because he saw so much evil in the world. He saw the good people that was in the world doing good things, but evil seemed like it was coming in and overtaking them. He saw that evil was so bad that he was saying, God, you're going to sit here? And you're going to do nothing and you see all this evil that's going on. He was seeing the evil kings that's supposed to be representing him. But they were doing evil outside of him. So he was looking at all of this evil. So he started talking to God about it. Come on, look at this world now, y'all. Just like Habakkuk is right here now. We see so much evil around us. People are killing people like it's just nothing. Shooting family members, you know, doing all kind of evil. And you do have people just like Habakkuk praying and saying, God, look at everything that's going on around us. But then God began to tell Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. Because he was saying, look how they're taking stuff from the righteous people. So what am I telling you today? We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of killings. We're in the midst of all of this evil. But he said the just, the ones that's righteous in God. He said you got to live by 
faith. You got to live by what the words say, not by what's happening. These things are going to happen. Understand this. We're living in Habakkuk's time now. Evil is present. People are taking stuff from the poor people and look like the rich people are getting richer. Things are happening in this world. Guess what? It's just replaying itself back in Habakkuk's day if you read the word of God. But he told Habakkuk when Habakkuk was saying, Lord, I just need understanding of what's going on around me. He said, I need understanding. And the Lord told him, the just shall live by faith. So now that you're in this evil world, you got to live by faith. We got to live by faith. If we're righteous in God, no matter what's happening around us, God is going to get us through it. This is why we have to fellowship with God to know how to get through this pandemic. To know how to live through this pandemic. We got the fellowship with him so he can tell us what to do and how to do it. But the verse I want to get to after Habakkuk went to God and he was telling God, he's seeing everything that was going on and he said, it ain't right, God. And you're standing here and you're not doing anything. Verse chapter two, verse one, listen at this. This is what Habakkuk did. He said, God, I just need understanding. I just need for you to speak to me and let me know what I need to do. So God began to speak. This is what Habakkuk said in verse 1. I will stand like a guard to watch and place, station myself at the tower. I will wait to see what he will say to me. I will wait to learn how. Listen at this. I will wait to learn how God would answer. Or I will answer concerning or will answer concerning my complaint. Okay, so he wanted an answer concerning his complaint. And this is what God said. The Lord answered me, and he said, write down the vision. Write it clearly, plainly, on clay tablets. So whoever reacts, re- reads it, can run to tell others. So Habakkuk heard from God. God spoke to Abaka. He gave him revelation. He said, now I want you to write it down. It is not yet time for the message to come true. For the vision awaits an appointed time. But that time is coming soon. It hastens to the end or it speaks about the end. The message will come true and not lie. It may seem like a long time, but... Though it tarries, it lingers, be patient and wait for it because it will surely come. It will not be delayed. What was God telling Habakkuk? It's going to come in the future, but you may not be here to see it. But it's coming. Because whatever I have said and see what God was letting Habakkuk know was his people, Israel, they were doing things that they should not have been doing. They were participating in this idolatry. They were going against the commands of God. And Habakkuk was saying, God, justice. God, something need to be done. This is not right. So God let him know, I am going to bring in some justice. I am going to bring in some judgment. I'm going to bring in another nation. I'm going to bring in the Babylonians. And these Babylonians, they're going to be more fierce than Israel. 
And that's why Habakkuk was upset because he's saying, now they're already evil. But you're going to bring in worse evil than what they are? God, you better speak to me. Now, how can you do them that bad? Because God said they have to go through it to call on me again. Ooh, let's get back to the pandemic. See, we get comfortable, church. We get comfortable with coming to church and can breathe freely with no mask. Amen. We get comfortable going in and out of movie theaters and and in stores and shopping, getting hair done and nails done. We get so comfortable with being able to breathe and not worry about something coming at us. We get so comfortable and we don't seek God like we used to seek God. But when something come, people are saying, God, why couldn't you stop this? God say you living in the same times they were living in back then. They had to go through it to know that I am who I say I am. That's why Habakkuk, he wasn't speaking to them about what God was saying. He was speaking to God about why you ain't doing nothing. This is a lot of evil going on around here. And God explained himself. God has told us through this word, y'all, if you read your word, you will know that evil is present. And God tell you what not to do. So that evil won't come upon you, don't it? He prepares you. There go the tree in the garden. Don't eat from that tree. You eat from this tree, this is what you're going to partake of. Anything that we do outside of his word, we partake of it. We go through it. That's why when we get into the word of God and the word tell you what not to do, that's what you don't do. And he's given you a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, to help you not do it. So this is why when we get into rebellion, rebellion end up being stubborn. It's a sin of what? So if you got rebellious people, this is what's going to be around you. This is why we have to go in the word of God and know what the word is saying. So Habakkuk, he wanted to get an understanding. God, why aren't you doing it? And then God explained it to him. They bought this on themselves. I'm going to bring in this nation to how can I put it, chastise them. I'm going to bring in this nation to let them go through with this nation. Look, it was going back to Egypt, wasn't it? When God brought them out of Egypt, when they was going through in Egypt, come out of Egypt, and then they still acting like God wasn't God. And look at the things that they went through, even though God was with them. God is with us now. How many things do we have to go through to know that he is God? How many times have God sent people to you warning you don't do that? It looked like you could do it because it looked good at the time. But then later on down the road, you suffered because you did what God told you not to do because your flesh was feeling like it was okay. Everything that brings you peace ain't God's peace. God's peace work in troubling times. God give you peace in troubling times where it don't look like it's going to happen. But you have some overwhelming peace to say God is in this, even in the midst of this trouble. God's peace is different from the world's peace. See, we get peace when a loan officer say, yes, I give you the loan. (laughs) We got some peace. 
But when you sit before the loan officer and God is telling you that the loan is yours, when they're saying no and peace come upon you, you know God is even in the midst of that. You got to know the difference. That's why we have to fellowship with God. So God let Habakkuk know. He said it's coming at an appointed time. He said I already spoke it. I already know what's going to be. It's already written. It's going to happen. But it's going to come at an appointed time. There's no hesitation in God. There's no uncertainty in God. If God said it, that's what he's going to do. Quit begging God. God, don't do that. Don't. God's mind is already made up. It was made up way back when. It's made up right here. From the old to the new. It's made up. He ain't changing his mind. That's why you need to get into the word and say, well, I'm a dog. God, that's what you said. That ain't going to be changed. So help me to get through it. Hallelujah anyhow. We, we got some prayers that we're praying that don't even line up. If your prayers ain't lining up, ain't nothing happening, y'all. Your prayers have to line up with his will. And this is the confidence that I have in him. That whatsoever I asked him according to his will, I know that he hear me. And if I know that he hears the petition that I have asked him for, I know it's already mine. First John chapter 5. Verse 14, 15, somewhere in there. See, when you read the word of God, you know when people are off. You know when it's not going to work. You got people fasting, speaking in tongues to get a car. <laughs> oh, Lord, I want that car. All that gibberish. Speak, Lord. Speak now, Lord. Ooh, all I see is that car. It must be God showing it to me in the spirit like Apostle Amanda says. She said, I had to see it before I can have it. I see it. Of course you're going to see it because you want it. But why aren't you seeing I'm healed? Do you see your body healed or you see the car more than you see your body healed? That'll be your answer. See, there's a difference. So when we know a, the difference, then guess what? We can live at peace. We can rest in the promises of God. So there is no hesitation in God, y'all. Whatever God said, that's what God means. He's not going to waver. He's not uncertain. There's no fear. There's no unwillingness. There was a man that had leprosy that came to Jesus in the book of Matthew. When he came to Jesus, I believe it was Matthew 8, 1. And he told Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus said, I'm willing. God is already always willing as long as it's lining up with what his word is saying. Because his word is forever settled in heaven. He said his covenant will he not break nor alter the things that have come out of his lips. And then he goes on to say my word is not coming back to me void, empty. But my word is going to go out and accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So God's word is not coming back to him without results y'all. So the moment you send that word, it's going to hit the target no matter where the target is. I don't care if the target is in Africa. When you begin to open your mouth and you begin to pray for whomever is in Africa, the word is going to be sent to Africa because God said his angels hearken unto the voice of the Lord. So God is going to release that word over there in Africa and he's going to say, be healed, be made whole in Jesus name. So he, that's, that's how he sends his word. But then God reminded me now, I said, God does not hesitate when it comes to his word. Love will stop us from hesitating. 
When we know the love of the Father and how much the Father loved us, when the Father asked us to do something, no matter how difficult it is, love is going to help us to do it. Because we know the love of the Father. It reminds me of Paul. When Paul um, was going through everything he was going through, and they told him that on his journey when he, I think he was going up to Jerusalem, that he was going to be bound. You know, they was, he was going to go through some things. But Paul knew that he had to do what God was telling him to do. Even if they were going to hurt him or harm him, Paul didn't hesitate. Paul kept doing what God told him to do, even in the midst of his trouble, even in the midst of persecution. See, when God gives you an assignment, God is going to protect you for that assignment. So we shouldn't have no hesitation when it comes to assignments that God gives us. When God gave me what he has given me and he would tell me to do different things, some people wouldn't line up with what some people did not come into alignment with what God was telling me because it seemed far-fetched. It didn't seem like something that could be done naturally. It just looked like ain't no way that can get done. But I knew what God said, so there was no hesitation in me. There was no bringing me down just because you gave me your opinion. I knew what God said, and I knew what was going to happen. If God said it, God is going to do it. And whenever he decides to do it, he already done it when he said it. But when he decides to manifest it, to let people know this is exactly what I said, then that's what he's going to do at his appointed time. So we have to trust God more than we're trusting ourselves. Whatever God said, he's already done what he said. It is written. It's in blood. It's already done. You know, you know, in the temple, the tabernacle, they would cover things with the blood. Because it was sealed. It was done. God said, I'm not going to change it. So God is not going to change his mind. So God began to show me people in the word of God. We'll look at Noah. When God told Noah to build that ark, there was no hesitation. There was no uncertainty. There was no doubt. There was no delay when it came to Noah doing what God said. I don't believe Noah said, look at him. I'm not no carpenter. So he sat down and took a a course to learn how to build a boat. Did y'all see that in the word that he went to school to learn how to build a boat? No. He did what God told him to do and he built the ark exactly like God told him to build that ark. Come on. It didn't say he went to school. He didn't hesitate. He didn't wait on to sign up for school to build the ark. No, he did what God told him to do. And guess what? The ark was built. And we can talk about that ark today, can't we? Because Noah did not hesitate. Then we look at another man, which was Abraham. Abraham wanted a son. God told Abraham that he was going to have a son. Did he not? Abraham waited 25 years. He got that son. Did he not? He And then before he told him about the son, he had to get him from around his family. He had to get him from around the things that he was familiar with. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He didn't hesitate. He just moved on out like God said. God said, Abraham, I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. He said, the ones that bless you will be blessed. The ones that curse you will be cursed. God gave him his word. Abraham moved out on that word. Here come Isaac. Come on, after 25 years, here come Isaac. But the thing was, Abraham didn't hesitate. And he didn't hesitate either when his wife told him to sleep with Hagar. Didn't hesitate. He slept with her. 
That wasn't God. <laughs> but God had a plan. So we see that when he had Isaac and God told him to take his only son and sacrifice him. Abraham did not hesitate. Took the son, took the donkey, took the wood and, and told them we'll be back. We will be back. Because he trusted God to know if you kill him, you got to raise him up again. That's Jesus, y'all. Jesus died, but God rose him up again. Come on, he bought it over there. And Abraham and his son. If you kill him, you still got to bring him back because you are God and not man. That you should lie. Come on, let's look at Isaac. This was Abraham's seed. Look what Isaac did. Abraham, his father, went into Egypt during a famine. But God told Isaac, don't you go into Egypt. This is where I want you to go during the famine. He didn't hesitate. He did what God told him to do. And everything that Isaac did, every well he dug, it prospered. When it looked like it wasn't going to be nothing there, when he dug, it prospered. Why? Because he was up under covenant with God. And God blessed him everywhere the soles of his feet went. He was blessed. He didn't hesitate. Then we have another one. Let's talk about Moses. Moses did hesitate. Because when God was talking to Moses about being the deliverer and to go get the people, Moses kept coming back at God. God, those people, who did I tell those people? He had hesitation. And the reason why he had hesitation is because he was looking at himself. He wasn't looking at God. Then he began after God got him through of telling them, I am that I am. Okay, he was okay, but then he's going to tell God, God, I can't speak well. We got some people behind the pulpit trying to pronounce stuff so well and trying to be so accurate and correct in the flesh they're missing the spirit. We got some of y'all out there that's kind of looking at the way I talk and how I talk and you're missing the spirit. When you look at everybody's words, you miss the spirit. You miss what God is telling you. God used people for, we're bringing out his message. So the way God presented is the way God wanted presented through that person. That's who that person is, but it's God speaking through them. So quit trying to judge everybody, dial it. Because people does it. Did y'all hear how they said God? I want to preach and say God like that. You know, God, he woke me up this morning and he started me. Uh, well, uh, he started me. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, on my way. Now, y'all know me, right? And if I get up here with that foolishness, y'all going to be like, And she pronounced those words right. Because see, I'm looking at the people instead of looking at God. I ain't looking at y'all. I'm looking at him. So I do what God tell me to do and how he would have me to do it. If you want to get up here and express your sentences like you want to express them, go ahead on. I tell everybody to bring a dictionary. And soundtronics. That what you call it? Phonics. Amen. So we see Moses. He was afraid to go because of the way he talked. But God built him up. Y'all, that's why we got to have fellowship with God. 
because some of the weaknesses that we have, God will help us get over those weaknesses. Y'all, I was shy. I talked to nobody. Teresa Renee, no. I talked to nobody. I didn't hang with nobody. If you spoke to me, it was like a quiet, hey. But now, mm, 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 mm. I can talk for Jesus. I don't have a problem. I can look at people's faces when they looking kind of funny, when the eyebrows going all up. You ain't going to stop me from saying what God said. I ain't going to say, ooh, I said something wrong. You see how they looked at me? Oh, Lord. No, I'm not out here to look at y'all faces. I'm out here to bring what God would have me to bring and the way he would have me to bring it. So don't come up here and say, you shouldn't have said that to Renee like that about her looking at you funny. That wasn't necessary. You could have hurt her feelings. Go sit down somewhere. See, this is what I'm saying. Because I know when I'm in the spirit and God is speaking through me and for me, I ain't worrying about feelings. I'm not worrying about feelings, y'all. Why? Because I'm not after your feelings. I want your feelings to change. And they should when you get in the word of God. So Moses, God had to build him up in order to send him out. That's why we have to spend time with God so we won't have no hesitation. Moses spent time with God and he got over the things that hesitated him from doing what God wanted him to do. There was some uncertainty in Moses. But God helped Moses get over it so Moses went out and done what God told him to do. Come on, let me give you another one. Here come old Elijah. Elijah, he came in on the scene and, and he told him in 1 Kings 17, there ain't going to be no rain for about three years. He spoke it, there was no rain. Then God told Elijah where to go because there was no rain because it was going to be a famine in the land. He didn't hesitate. He did everything God told him to do. But then it came a time, this same man, Elijah, that obeyed God, did not hesitate. When Jezebel came in and told him the same thing that you did to those prophets of Baal, if I don't do to you the same time tomorrow, if I don't kill you, you know, so guess what he did? He didn't hesitate. He ran for his life. Come on, y'all. He was God's man. He was God's prophet. Come on, we can laugh all we want. We got some Elijahs up in here. We, we telling people the truth. You know, we ain't hesitating. We doing what God said. But when the pandemic came, shoo, everybody's door was shut. Nobody was going nowhere for a few days. Everybody was monitoring their sneezing, their sniffling, their coughing. We hesitated. How, why did we hesitate? Because of the same thing Elijah did. Jezebel spoke to him. And he bought, it bought fear. And the thing was, he left his servant. And guess what he did? He went in the wilderness to die. Oh, but I thank God for fellowship. I thank God for who he is. Because God won't let us go like that. And when he went in that wilderness to die, he began to tell God, I'm not a bit better than my ancestors. Why was he saying that? He said, because they did. He already made up his mind that he was going to die. But this just didn't happen, y'all, with that one incident. 
For some reason, that had to be somewhere in Elijah for Elijah to run like that from Jezebel. It had to be something there that took him to that place. You just don't get to that place overnight. You don't get to suicide overnight. There have to be things built up in your mind that you kept thinking about that when a situation came, it ran you out of town or it ran you into a wilderness in your mind that nobody could get you out of but God. It took God to get Elijah out of this. God. And when God began to speak to Elijah, he got Elijah back on course. But Elijah was in a wilderness. Some of us right now, we're in a wilderness in our mind. We're saying the scripture, but we're still in a wilderness and we don't know how to come out. The reason why you don't know how to come out, because you ain't got in yet. You got to get in the word of God and let the word of God get into you so it can take you out of that place you in. And the enemy knows that. So that's why he want to keep you out of fellowship. He want to keep you out of the word of God. He want to keep you from coming and gathering on Sundays and on Tuesdays. Why? Because the word is going to help you get through some of the things that you're going through. The word begins to change things that are in you to let you know I can make it. I don't have to stay in this wilderness like Elijah did. But God brought Elijah out. It took God to bring Elijah out of this wilderness. How many people have God sent you in your wilderness experience and say, you got to come out. That's not where God have you to be. How many leaders have dropped their position? How many? Because they were in a wilderness. We have many people that give up what they have for God, but you don't give up what you have for man. How many people turn in a car because you don't like that you're still hearing it squealing? You can't turn in that car. You got to make payments. How many turn in? Well, I ain't going to say that. (laughs) A wife or a husband, plenty. Because they don't like that they got fat over the years. Or they don't like because they don't cook for them no more. So I don't want you no more. I got somebody that will cook for me. Write a bill of divorcement. That's not God's way. So we have to know what God's way is so we don't hesitate when God is telling us to do something, y'all. If you're not in the word of God, you're going to come against me. Because you don't know what the word is saying. So if I'm telling you truth, you're going to look at me like I'm a liar or anybody else in this room. If somebody is giving you truth, you ain't going to see truth because you done built yourself up with things outside of truth. And even if you have the truth and don't have understanding of the truth, then you're still going to be debating when you don't have revelation to what the word of God is saying. This is why when you accept Jesus, your spirit's changed. Your spirit has been sealed until the day of redemption. The devil can't touch your spirit. But one thing he says is, just because you're born again don't mean that I cannot cause havoc in your life. How can I cause havoc? Because if you ain't getting into the word of God and knowing who you are, now that you're in Christ, you're still living like a heathen. Like you're not born again and telling everybody, I'm saved. Anybody that keep telling people that they're saved, they ain't sure of their salvation. The life you live is going to speak where you are in him. What you do when things happen in your life is going to speak where you are in him. You don't have to tell people you save and you still cussing people out. 
You don't have to tell people you saved and you still gossiping and holding grudges. Come on, that ain't God. Come on, even if you're holding a grudge and you go in the word of God and you read about that and then you go back and say, forgive me, I was holding a grudge because this is what the word say. Now people know you live in righteous. I don't think Jesus held any. He let them all go. (laughs) He took every grudge to the cross. He took every offense. He took every sickness. He took all of that with him to the cross. He said, I'm taking all of this. So when it tried to come at you, you know what I have already did and you won't accept it. That's why we have to get into the word and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the more we get into the word of God, the more we'll stay away from what the world is doing. The more we'll come into alignment with the kingdom. So we talked about Elijah and what he did and how he did it. So can we see that at times we have hesitation or maybe all the time we have hesitation. Some of our hesitation come in with when God is telling us to do something and our bank account say we can't. But God say you can. You got to step out in faith with nothing because you know God is speaking. Miracle Temple would not be where it is today if I did not, me and my husband, step out in faith. Trusting God with the little that we had. I remember when we needed a roof and it was doing some leaking. That storm came and it's, it's kind of funny right now. It was, it was Barbara and Renee and some more people in here. We told them, go to the church. Stay out there for the storm. Thank God they went home. Because if they had, Barbara was over here in this corner and this was the worst corner. Water just come gushing out of this corner. She would have had to been revived by 911. But God is so good, he let us know. And one man wanted to stay here. I said, no, he cannot stay here. That was before the thing came. See, God was speaking. No, tell him to go to a shelter. He can't stay in that church. But guess what, y'all? The whole time when we needed a roof, I was seeing men on the roof repairing it, thanking God for the roof. We got a roof. Didn't know how it was coming. But God made a way out of no way. When the money wasn't in the bank, when everything was towed up from the floor up, if y'all went on the journey with us, it was a journey. Me and my husband had to, all the crews, we had to make sure everything was in alignment. We was here, there, and everywhere. And I don't think y'all missed a word from the Lord on Sundays. Bible study, you didn't miss because God set us up in different places. God want his word to still go on. So I didn't hesitate, y'all. I didn't waver. I didn't doubt tried to come, but I said, nope, that ain't what God is saying. This is what we're going to be doing. And as God spoke, I moved and y'all saw the manifestation. There is no hesitation in God. And y'all, there was no money there. And the funny thing was, this is kind of funny and hilarious now. When the insurance man came, y'all know how sometimes they take a long time to give you money. They'll take a long time to give you money because they want to check everything and make sure you do everything. God sent us an insurance man. I looked at him. I said, look at him. We paying you premiums. Is that not correct? He said, yes. I said, well, I'm going to tell you this right now. If I don't get somewhere for this church to go, you ain't going to get no premiums. And I said, another thing, I need money for equipment. That man wrote me a check. 
When I got through with that check, I said, we still need some more stuff. And I was telling the truth. He wrote me another check. Then we had a man to come in here. After we cleaned everything, y'all, and after they put the plastic up. Remember, we sanitized and cleaned everything, right? So we had another man to come in here and look at everything to make sure we was on point with giving us more money for what we lost. (laughs) That man come in here. He said, get back. Get back. This place is full of mold. And I'm like, no, it ain't. That's what I'm saying because I know what they did. He cut a check. God is so good. God is so just that quick. God got us in here with between five and six weeks. You got churches that still ain't in effect yet. Some of them. God is good, y'all. God knows the hearts of his people. God honors your heart. And when he see that you don't hesitate with what he gives you, with what he placed in your hand, he can trust you with more. But when you have hesitation and you doubt in Elohim, when you doubt in the creator, the one who made everything that's made because you trying to make a way to get something done, you got to look to him who already did it over 2,000 years ago. So each challenge that me and my husband had, y'all, God already made a way for it. He just wanted us to step out. Another testimony, and I believe this will help somebody else. When Ariel finished school, she needed a place to go because she was getting ready to start at the hospital. Or she was waiting on to start at the hospital to get them to hire her in that NIC unit, that critical care unit. And they already told her, we don't have any openings. Because, you know, this is a unit that everybody just don't get to go in. So I told Ariel, I said, uh-uh. If that's where your heart is, and if that's where God wants you to be, that's where you're going to be. Before they hired her at UNC Chapel Hill, Duke had already hired her. And she said, Mama, Duke is hiring me for this amount. I said, well, Ariel, where's your heart? She said, my heart is with UNC. I said, follow your heart. She said, Mama, they ain't got in contact with me yet. I said, follow your heart. God knows your heart. And he's going to put you where he would have for you to be. Guess what, y'all? The next week, they had called Ariel. She filled out the application. I may be telling that kind of backwards. She filled out the application. And Duke was not going to give her moving expenses. But guess what Chapel Hill did? They gave her moving expenses, right? But she still had to have somewhere to go. So by faith, I said, Ariel, be looking for an apartment. We're going to do this by faith. I didn't have no money in the bank. She sure didn't have no money in the bank. But God, come on, y'all. Y'all got to understand what faith does. I said, be looking for an apartment because we believe in God because he know what needs to happen. She had to start her job in July. So she had to have an apartment. Ariel started looking for an apartment. She called me. She said, Mama, I found an apartment. And it was on the exact floor she wanted, first floor. She said, it's on the first floor. I said, go look at it, baby, and, and talk to the man. This is what happened. They had reduced that apartment. Plus, she didn't have to pay um, uh, but so much to get in the apartment. So the next thing was getting the money for the apartment, right? I said, God, if you've done that, you already got something else you're going to do. So we're going to trust you for it. I said, okay, Ari, just go ahead and get everything ready. We're going to believe God. Ari got in that apartment. God blessed her with that apartment when there was no money available. And look, she wasn't working. She wasn't going to start to July. But God kept those payments up. Oh, look at God. 
He kept those payments up until it was time for her to get her first paycheck. And this is the thing. Before she even got on the job, what they offered her, they end up giving her more. Y'all, let me tell you something. God is God, but if you don't step out. See, some of y'all are waiting for the money before you say it's God. That's not how God works. God said, I'm a God that takes the impossible. And I make it possible for those who believe. So if you waiting on money before you step out with God, don't step out. Abraham stepped out on faith. He stepped out on what God said. That's what made Abraham righteous. Because he believed God. So if you're waiting on somebody to do something, before you react, you got it's already done through your father. And God is just doing some miraculous stuff, y'all. He's doing some stuff that I know it is God and it was not man. The things that me and my husband have been through and how we had to trust God with getting through it. Come on, things that have happened with our home, things breaking down, costing over $10,000 to get fixed, money wasn't in the... But God, I'm telling you, God will do some things. If you step out in faith and if you believe him, he will take nothing and he'll make it something, but you're waiting on something for God to make it happen. God said, I'll take the little, I'll take the 5,000 and I'll make it 5 million. But you got to do what I tell you to do with what you have. Some of us holding on to stuff because we're trying to build something up. But God is saying, ask me, ask me. Ask me what you should do with the two fishes and the five loaves of bread. Ask me. What did Jesus do? He didn't, he just took it. Wait a minute. Y'all don't get it. He thanked God. He didn't have to ask God for nothing because he already had it. He thanked God for what he had and saying, God, I thank you. And I thank you for blessing it so everybody can partake of it. Then he gave it back. What do we do? Is God first? Or is he last? Do we put him first place with what we get? Or do we put him last? Everything we have, it belongs to God anyway. But God wants us to be faithful stewards over what we have. And when we don't be faithful over what we have and give it to God first, it leaves us. Slowly but surely. And we can't even tell what we've done with what we have because we kept it for ourselves. But when we're always giving, because that's what God does, God gives. Y'all, when we didn't have, who took care of us? But then when we get, we forget God. We cannot forget the one who was always there for us. And that's what me and my husband try to do on a daily basis. Lord, I shall not forget what you've done for me. God, I will not put anything else before I put you. And this is why even with our children, when things go on, I say, God, they were yours before they were mine. 
You already know what's going to happen before it happened. I don't know what to do, but raise my hands and give you glory and give you praise that it's going to be a good outcome. That God, everything the enemy is meaning for harm, God, you have already turned it around for the good. God, if there's something you want me to do, if there's something you want me to say, here I am. But if you're just telling me to be still and see the salvation of the Lord, God, that's what I'll do. If you're telling me that the battle is not mine, it's yours and it's already been won, that's what I'll do. I'm just here to do what you will have me to do. I'm tired of trying to figure it out, to work it out. It's already been worked out and figured out over 2,000 years ago. So here I am resting in you and not in me. When you start out with you, you end with you. And a lot of us are ending with us instead of ending with God because we start out wrongly. We start out trying to gain for our own selfish motives. And that's what we end up with. Selfishness and nothing. But when we trust God with everything we have, Sometimes what we have ain't for us. It's for somebody else. That's why we got to look around and say, God, what I have ain't always for me. God, who do you want me to help today? What do you want me to do today? Y'all, I'm telling you, it's some people out here that really don't know the Lord the way we know him. And they're more givers than some people in the church. They give quicker than people in the church. Church, some church folks feel like that that's not me. I'm not doing nothing. I got to pray first. And somebody say after 20 years, they still pray and gave nothing. Some things you don't have to pray on, y'all. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do and how to do it. You don't look at the person. You look to him. Because God knows every need of every person that's in this room. And when we get our mind off of us and say, God, who can I help today? What can I do? How can I do it? God, show me. Oh, man, he will open it up, show you what to do, show you what to give and how to give. And you won't be ashamed of what you're giving because you gave it from your heart. Giving is coming from the heart. We don't have to add up nothing. We just give from the heart. God is so good. So know today there is no hesitation in God. And being that he's in us and we're in him, there should be no hesitation in us when it comes to the things of God. We should not be hesitating. We should do what God tells us to do. And the more time you spend with him, you don't have to wait so long to do what you do. Because it comes easy. You just do. And I just love that part. You just do. You hear and you do. Amen. So give God a hand clap of praise. For all that he has done. Do we have any announcements today?